0: Oi, you lot. You're to Garage Heaven. Episode 219. On tonight's episode, you get the Madling's first thoughts on the General's Handbook.
1: So, shut it! I'm listening to me show! Welcome to the Garage Tools For the next two hours or thereabouts, we will do our best to keep you informed, entertained, and perhaps have a laugh or two along the way. Bringing you revelations, revolutions, and a redo... I'm Alex Gonzalez
0: And I'm just really, really sorry
1: <laughs> Yeah, it's okay Yeah,
0: okay This, yeah I, uh, Just Let's just do this
1: <laughs> Yeah oh my It's a goodness. very long story short Long story short, folks We have to do this over again It's our Hope second
0: some- first thoughts on Yes the General Handbook 2019 Because yes. uh, I don't even know Let's just do this.
1: <laughs> I don't know what it is, Dave, but we have such bad luck it's th- it,
0: You know what? But it's, it's never happened like that. It's 2019. It's just happening this year. Mm-hmm. And actually, it's happened twice since we hit our nine years. It's like, oh, this is... Uh, I'm feeling like I'm cursed over this summer. But
1: Yeah, it's, it's okay.
0: Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Why don't we just say thank you to the sponsors who, you know... This, at least they'll get on the air. They'll get done.
1: Yeah. That's a good idea. So, as always, you need to take a moment of, to thank the sponsors of Garage Hammer, which include Chaos Sork Superstore. Chaos Orc, Superstore, Superstore. Chaos Orc, Superstore. Superstore. <laughs> Six Squared Studios. Six
0: Squared Studios for all your MDF basing needs.
1: And Lindsay's Gamer Garrison in Wakanda, Illinois.
0: Not that Lindsay. Not that Wakanda. No. No. <laughs> There they are. And thanks to all the Patreon sponsors. Uh, every one of you who have gone to patreon.com slash garagehammer and looked at it and said, you know what? I like that show enough to give them money to keep it going. Thank you to you guys who make everything we do possible. Um, that includes our associate producers, Phil Elliott, Dwight Sims, Christoph Sanders, and AJC. AJC. And our newest patron, Sean Van Huser. Huser. I think it's eight. I think I said it right. If I messed it up, I do apologize. He may be our newest Stop Patron after I mangled his name. But thank you to all of you. Um, you guys uh, are awesome. And guess what, Alex? What? We got the voicemail.
1: No, we don't. Yes, we do. And we got voicemail. Don't lie to the people.
0: I'm not lying. We got several. Uh, we got. <laughs> so. Um, we had a couple that were from a other. Remember, because I said I didn't have them, and then here they are. Basically, you get what I'm. You get yeah. what, Hey, you get I what hear. I'm I
1: down. get what you're putting down. But Dave, what if I wanted to call and leave a voicemail?
0: If you wanted to call and leave a voicemail, you would just have to call one seven five seven G H show six. That's one. No, that's not right. Yeah, that is right. Seven five seven G H show six. Wow, did I almost think I forgot the number? How did I forget? Uh, that can't happen. It's, this is like muscle memory. I could do this jingle in my sleep. One seven five seven G H show six. I have often done it in my sleep. Harrison said he heard me saying it in my sleep. So international callers can dial 1757 five seven G H show six. Hey, guess what, Alex? We got an, we got an international call this week. Wow! Yes, we did. But first, we got the local call that came in first. This is one from Brandon, and he is calling in, and I'm going to play this one for us now
2: hey this is brandon from columbia in the pork chop express and i'm talking to those manlings in the garage over there just want to say that i started listening to the show again uh got getting into aos um really enjoying the show really appreciate the new format with the lore and war uh for the army book reviews that's really cool i like how it's broken down that way i can uh, go back and listen to the one if I, if I need to. So, um, and, uh, I just want to say, I, um, I really, Dave, I really appreciate your love of big trouble, in little China.
3: I'm Disappointed <laughs> in
2: Alex not enjoying it, but I know it's not for everybody. So keep up the good work on the show and hope to be in touch soon. Okay.
0: Okay. I, sh- I shouldn't laugh so much if for no other reason than, uh, this is the second time we're doing this, so I should I should try not to set off Alex.
1: It's okay. <laughs> it's fine. See, they like I mean, the it's... lore in
0: the war, though. We've been getting a couple. I've gotten some emails that have said that too.
1: Yeah, that is a good idea. That was a brilliant idea. <laughs> not,
0: nah, nah, I wouldn't say that. it was brilliant, but it worked. So it works. You're allowed
1: was. one, Dave. It's okay.
0: Okay. I thought my one brilliant idea was naming the show. That was it. Like, I came up with the name.
1: Mm. It's pretty- Who's our next caller?
0: Our next caller is Joshua. And he's calling. He's left messages before, but this one is his most recent. And it's, it mentions uh, what the gaming club is doing. So I wanted to make sure this one got on the air. So here we go.
2: Hey, David and Alex. This is Joshua from Disney. I uh want to call and leave you guys another voicemail just uh self promoting our events down here in Florida. We've got uh the crucible coming up in October and we're running a uh <clears throat> Crucible of Carnage, which you get a free ticket if you win the event August tenth at the Coliseum of Comics in Kissimmee, Florida. And um just want to say hey to you guys, I know you love the voicemail, so I figured I'm on my way home from work, and I'd leave you a voicemail. I'd love to uh, hear this one on mine, Dave, since, you know, I believe we have a voicemail. Yeah, you did, but you didn't play it. But I still love you guys. It's <laughs> true. Anyway, have a good one. Talk to you later.
0: All right. How about that? Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, no, he's called before, uh, uh, and we met him. Well, we've got one more call, and uh, this one, now, I'm going to preface this one. I had to actually add in, a, uh, put it in at the end, but um, this call is slightly edited only because some of the call was sort of staticky, and it's hard to get, uh, and I was, so I just had to trim it down to the parts that were completely uh, hearingable. And uh, hearable, wow, there you go. That's a word. Um, and so we'll play it, but it's not all there, but we'll still discuss it uh, as soon as we get to that. So here we go.
2: G'day, Dave and voice um co-hosts, unfortunately. it is is I, the Azurian Thunder from down under Daniel, calling um, just to say, I guess, thanks for the show and also give a Seraphon hot tip um, I've been listening, catching up on the shows, just got back into the hobby thanks to your lovely podcast. Um, and I've been hearing complaints that you go, guys don't do enough serifon content, so here I am to fill in the void. Uh, um, so I have been reading some of the stories from the, um, what do you call it, Malign portents, and there was an interesting little thing about them which I haven't heard you guys cover yet, so if you have, apologies. but. Now, I had a quick look through my old 7th or 8th edition um, Lisbon book, and there's no mention that they control the spawning. It just sort of happened from the spawning pools of old, But the old ones set up. But now the Slan are apparently in control of it, it seems. And not only that, we've got a King Scar- Star Priest, and also in this book, spoiler warning, I should have said earlier, <laughs> um, are thinking for themselves somewhat. Um But, you know... I just can't stay away for long, and I, and I just have to involve myself in your podcast and love this community. Thanks again. Keep up the great work, guys.
0: Okay, so, Alex, you read that story too, didn't you? Yes. Uh, do you have any, I mean, it, it, it seems like they are got a regular thing going there, but I thought that he thought them all up, and if they died or something, like, they would eventually dissipate. I have no idea. I don't know if something new is happening or, you know, that we don't have a... I, do you have any idea? No. <laughs> I just, yeah. Um, I liked the story. And it would be cool if something really starts happening. You know, I don't know if the thing that they're... If the things that the salon is dreaming up... Uh, Somehow, we're able to create real things. I have no idea. But it would be cool, but I have no idea either. But I did like yeah, the story. Yeah,
1: it, it has to reach a certain internal temperature. I just, I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, uh, no, I, I hear you. Um, I'm kind of looking forward to getting more of that because we've gotten a lot of, uh, you know, explanation of how the reforgings work and things like that. I'd like to know more about this. So who knows? Hopefully, it'll come soon. Um, That's all for the voicemails That's all for everything else Should we take a break? We probably should Let's do that Let's take a break And uh, Come back And we'll do the toolbox And then jump right into the Right into the book For sure Super Super
3: Store. Super
1: Store. And we are back with the toolbox brought to you by KSO Superstore. Super
0: <laughs> okay. Alex has been doing so much hobbying. I have
1: been doing so much hobbying.
0: Now, you've been doing a lot of painting. Do you want to go first or do you want to go second? Because then that's going to go right into all our other painting talk. Because I don't have the painting down that you do, but I just got my other junk, and I figured that you could talk about everything and that would go right into the painting. Okay, let's. Does that work? I just don't want to jump in and be like, I'm going first because I didn't. Okay. Go. Here we go. So um, all the stuff on the last episode that I said I still have to build, with the exception of a couple, I one. There's three character models, and then the really big things: the uh, one Stonehorn, one Stormcast Dragon, uh, and the Black Coach. Everything else is built.
2: <laughs> nice.
0: Everything all the Underworlds, all, what, the eight, I did, what, 60 Chain Rasps, and 20 of the, what, the Blade, are they the Blade Geists, the Metal Face? Yes, big, you got it right. <laughs> and, what, uh, like, I, I know there's like 60 some odd skeletons I put together, mm-hmm. um, a bunch of characters, just built like crazy. Now I'm working on the bases, as soon as I got that, I'm gonna jump into Horde painting with the contrast paints. But that's that's it for my, for mine, so now we can jump into yours and talk about those paints.
1: Yeah, um, so with the launch of Contrast, we were out at Lindsay's uh, Gamer Garrison and Wakanda for uh, the launch of Contrast and trying out and playing with some new stuff, um, and we got a bunch of the paints, and I've been trying them out, so we, Contrast has been out for, what, like a little over a week now? Yeah. As of time of recording?
0: Yeah, um, about nine days.
2: So like Yeah, that.
1: I finished... Uh, the Dark Oath Chieftain from Silver Tower, as well as the Godsworn Hunt, all in contrast. And I just finished the Malevolent Moon from the Gloom Spike. Gets endless spells. Uh, in contrast, again today, I posted a picture up on the Garage Hammer Facebook page, and
0: <laughs> you're this. It looks good. I'm serious. The yeah. stuff you're doing looks great. Like we were, like you said, we were at Lindsay's and we were all painting and we were trying. You've been really successful with
1: this. It just requires a certain degree of patience and finesse. Because like, the biggest thing that I've noticed in some of the other reviews that have not been exceptionally positive with contrast is that they don't let it dry. Because it is so liquidy. It does bleed very easy. So you have to take your time and let it dry. Uh-huh. Because if you rush into it, it's gonna bleed colors. So Right. Yeah. Um And stay but inside
0: the lines the best you can. It's much easier to just stay inside the lines than to go back and touch up.
1: Yeah, I mean it's just been a trial and error process, mostly error, because it's a completely new method of painting because you're essentially just slapping stuff on in the grossest sense of the term, but it's still just that basic process of you have to take your time. You have to be really tight with color blocking and you have to understand how this paint works, which is you have to move quickly and you can't let it pool. Otherwise it gets all sort of funky dunky colors. Gotcha. And also set your expectations appropriately. The paint itself does not do super amazing over flat areas. So like they, I really think GW probably shouldn't have been showcasing contrast paint on uh, Space Marines because it's all flat panel.
0: Yeah. In fact, at Lindsay's, they went and they bought a couple of boxes of other types of models rather than Space Marines because Andrew was – they were one of the stores that got all the stuff, and so they had everything in. So they had a whole setup there for people to Mm -hmm. come in and try it. And he went and found other uh, models kits. He did one – he spared one box in – uh, there's gray here in one box in the other color. And the Wraithbone. Yep, the Wraithbone. And then let people just come in and pick up a model of either either one they wanted and give it a shot. Um, but he picked stuff that had more detail in it. Yeah, because I don't see it working too good with Space Marines. I mean, you can. I've seen people using it. But it just seems like um, it's easier the material,
1: to material. S- Go ahead. Yeah. The product itself loves cloth. It loves texture and it loves contour. Or, uh, it loves a uh, texture, folds, fabric. It loves stuff that isn't just a flat. So, I don't know, like Andrew had the uh, Stark sworn swords, I think is what they are, from A Song of Ice and Fire. Right. And those models with the exception of the weapon are all movement, all fabric, all cloth, all fur. So, you can actually like really see the shading aspect to this. So, um but no, it's been actually like a hoot to paint again. Um it's fun. I'm working on five different underworld warbands simultaneously, just kind of hopping <laughs> back and forth. I'm um, redoing Zarbeg's gits, I'm working on Malig. I've got the Thorns of the Briar Queen and I finished the Godsworn Hunt and then I've got my new Steelheart's Champions on deck as well. So it's just been nonstop. But the thing is, it's like I can get stuff done in a much shorter amount of time to a decent standard. And I can still, like, do the other stuff that I want to do with my life. So I don't know. I'm really enjoying it. And I know a lot of people have gone out and said, you know, it's like, well, contrast isn't, you know, for everybody. And it's like, well, actually, it kind of is. Because the part of me that really appreciates contrast is the part of me that wants to spend time with my kid. (laughs) and wants to go out and do things but still have a painted army. Yeah. But I don't want to spend buckets and buckets of time on it. I mean, I can go back and touch it up later. But then if you think about the really good painters, like the Golden Demon winning painters, like if they're saving steps, if they have a new tool in their toolbox – what could they come up with now? I mean, this doesn't lower the minimum standard for tournaments anymore. This actually raises the minimum because it'll actually look better than just the three block colors and attractive basing because this will actually have the shading. It'll have some elements of highlighting. Because
0: so, you can literally know. do, you know, pants, shirt, skin, and do no washes, no highlights, and technically beyond. I've seen that. At the tables, yeah, and we all have. You know what? I, and if that's the person's best, that's their best. If they, but now at this point, with you know, everybody at least throws a wash on. If you're not at least doing that, you're kind of like, eh, this kind of looks like you did. So,
1: yeah, no, this is clear, like effort that was put into it, even if it is pseudo hobby cheating, but still, this is for everyone that wants to do either better at painting, do more painting or just do more things besides painting. So just give it a shot and make sure you let it dry. Yeah. Good grief.
0: Well, we're going to see how this leads. Cause like I said, I'm going to be doing most of this, this horde stuff with it. And I'm going to see how it turns out when you got to crank out 80 or so skeletons or 80 or so chain rafts. We'll see what it looks like. So we'll be reporting on that eventually. Um, there was the uh, hobbying. What about gaming?
1: Uh, yeah, so when you and I got together to record this show the first time, uh, we ended up playing a game of Underworlds afterwards.
0: Yes, we did. We paid two out of three, and we only had to go two out of three to get to two out of three. Um, yes. Because you just stomped me each time. Like, Top of turn three, it was like so a a completely foregone conclusion.
1: Yeah, so I was playing the new Guardians, so that's the Sylvaneth. I hate
0: Sylvaneth on the table, and now I have to hate him and the underworlds. Me and Elric are going to form a club.
1: Whatever. And then you were playing (laughs) Zarbag's (laughs) Gits.
0: Yes, I was, because that's what I do. I like that one a lot. Although I am yeah. going to switch a few cards around now that I watched your play.
1: Yeah. My deck was very heavy on the score immediate. Um, because that's, I think that's how the Sylvaneth uh, Warband warband plays is the heavy, quick score immediately is because they are so fast and they can do such a variety of things. So I don't know. I really enjoyed playing that. Like that was the war band. I think I felt the most comfortable playing. Was them even after just one game So
0: Yeah no they were They're really cool like I was l- Watching you play them and I'm like I want to give these guys a try I want to see what their pre-made deck looks like And see where I take mm-hmm. it from there um, They just came up with too much I don't know I know like two of the New armies or the new groups Like the rest of them are there, I haven't even really looked that much at them
3: Because mm-hmm.
0: there's a lot and it comes out Fast and there's things to do that's that's the you know that's my big there's today's gripe for you folks there's too much hobby stuff that's awesome and now I can't do all of it. there's my gripe yeah, did you like it was it good it was good alright um when you were doing all that painting at Lindsay's though a bunch of our friends showed up uh Chris Walker and um um tanya and Chris Ware and yeah, Tim Tanya and Tim and Tim's uh, brother-in- law. And I'm blanking on his name. It was the first time I met him. But they came down, and um, so we were going to play some Warhammer, but there was also free RPG day also on the day that the paints came out. So we had paint tables. We had RPG tables. We had two tables and six players. So um, uh, Tanya and Tim played one game, and then I played a 1,000 with um, Walker's 1,000, and then Christian and... Tim's brother-in-law played against us with their thousands. It was three of us had Stormcast and Christian had Um. Sarah fun. Sarah fun. Um That was a fun game. It was it was you know, I like playing with a, I, I love that two-man team, thousand point games. It's just four people are on the table, it's just more fun. Mm-hmm. If, you're, if you're just playing a casual game, getting another guy in there, kind of chatting with them, playing against the other guys. It just becomes, I just, I love it. And we had a great time. Uh, I got lucky. Um, Christian pulled his skinks back. And instead of going straight back and keeping the two units near each other, he kind of went back and out to the sides a bit to keep me from g- if getting a good roll and going around the un- and getting the units behind it. But that inadvertently left open uh, a straight run right up the middle at the slant. So... I did my little pile in, and there was no one to attack because they ran, and then I moved up my four. We got the double turn, and I moved up my four, and then I only needed a four to charge, and I rolled like a, you know, I think a ten. So all my guys got all the way around the slant. It was like, here we go, retributors around the slant, and he popped, and that pretty much flipped the whole game our way at that point. Mm-hmm. But that was—it was just a lucky break. It was just a—you know—he he, as soon as I as soon as I moved my guys he was like, "Oh no, I really screwed up." And it's like, "Yeah," and he's like, "If they get the double turn, we're screwed." And we did, and that happened. And it was a fun game, but uh, we kind of had it most of the way. So that was my mm-hmm. gaming. Neat. And then
1: yeah. after you and I played, I went up to my local game store.
0: Oh, that's right.
1: Uh, Cataclysm Games in Manchester has been running an Escalation League for the last couple of months, and this week was the last week, so we had to do 2,500 points, and I played two 2,500-point games after you had left. Uh, Wow. So, yeah, yeah, uh, playing Deepkin, uh, I only had 18 eels, so... It was still pretty rough. I tried out the Royal Council Battalion from Deepkin, which is the command ability that your king gets from that battalion is you get to pick three Deepkin units wholly within 12 of him, and they get to add plus three to their move. Oh, nice. But it doesn't say how many times you can use it.
0: Oh, it's not restricted to once per turn.
1: No. Uh, So I got the eels up to movement 23 turn one.
0: You're a bad man. I am. You really um, are.
1: I wanted to play. I needed to play <laughs> games quickly, and my first game was against Dan and his Fire Slayers in total commitment, which is like the worst possible matchup because he can't tunnel.
0: Oh. And I yeah. don't
1: care about ambushing at that point because of how fast I am. So it was just a really bad matchup for him. And then I played probably one of the best games of Age of Sigmar that I have played this year against Travis and his corn army. We were playing uh, shifting objectives and I didn't win until the bottom of turn five. And even then I only won by a point playing the same list. (laughs) Wow. But again, it was a better matchup and Travis played it really smart. He pulled out all of the, Uh, the judgments, the corn endless prayers. Uh He put all of them out across the middle objective. So I couldn't land in his army without going through all of that heck with the endless with the judgments. And they sat there essentially (laughs) just creating a wall that I couldn't get around unless I wanted to take a bucket of mortal wounds, which I don't. (laughs) Well, no. So that protected his middle for a turn longer than it should have, which was just, Brilliant play. So, no, but it was an absolute ball of a game, and, like, he got a hug afterwards because it was just that much fun.
0: Ooh, a hug. Yeah. I don't get hugs after games. No. No? Well, see, I was right. We don't. So, oh, I did have one. Oh, I did. Brandon did come, um, and uh, Brandon Casson came, and he brought his Underworld stuff. And I, he eventually he showed up like you had already had to, had to go. But uh, he, he's been playing, um, I think it's the, the original Gore Chosen. Is it like in the first box? Is that the Gore Chosen? Blood Reavers? Or the Blood Reavers? Yeah. He's been playing those, and he's got his deck pretty tuned. And he cleaned my clock on one of those games. <laughs> Mm. Especially against the Gits, because he comes up and if he can do it he, if he can hit you hard enough he he can get three deaths really quick and then suddenly he was just doing like going crazy I was like what is going on but yeah th- he plays that a lot though. he's like I love this nobody ever he's like nobody plays this it, where I where we're at it's like everyone's trying all the new stuff he's like I'm just playing this one I've been playing this one for a while and I'm like oh goodness mm-hmm. so yeah you play
1: game. something long enough you get good with it
0: yeah so. And nobody, everyone's like, everyone forgot about those guys. So he has fun playing them. So, uh that's about it. You, I, I lost a lot of games, and you crushed me in some games. Then you went and you were just mean in some games there with your twenty-three inch for turn ones. Uh, you, yeah, you got any other?
1: Uh, yeah, the only other thing I've got going on is October thirteenth. It's a Sunday. I'm running a narrative event at Cataclysm Games. Uh, the details are going to be going up on the Cataclysm Facebook page at some point, um, and I'll share a link in the group as well when the post goes up. Um, essentially, what we're going to be doing is you bring a 1,000 points, fully painted, your general has to be converted, and there has to be, there's some other additional restrictions that we're putting on things, um, and the whole point of it is just to come play, have fun, there will be different tables with different realms and different battle plans to accommodate anywhere between two and four players per battle plan so we're going all out and it should be a big fat time so you, if you can have make it
3: to
0: convert your general yeah uh, i'm just right the whole
1: idea that. of this is to get was originally to get my local group um, more invested in painting in modeling and in playing games for fun, so your general the general conversion thing just has to be like something small, even if it's a head swap or a weapon repose or just some extra little bit of stuff it doesn't have to be anything mega oh, okay but it's just to try to put a little more customization and do more interesting stuff
0: gotcha. Gotcha, and that's a one-day event, October thirteenth. Yep. All right, mm-hmm. got it. I'm writing this down. Excellent. Um, my other, uh, I, I, uh, I went this afternoon. And saw Toy Story four. It was really good. What? What? I went this afternoon, like at two o'clock. With I took the girls.
1: No, no. There's a Toy Story four.
0: Yeah. Just opened. I think last weekend.
1: Okay.
0: (laughs) I'm taking, you haven't seen three yet or something? I haven't seen two. Oh. Well, that, 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 come
1: on. You know,
0: you knew there was a two and a three, right?
1: No, I knew there was a two. I knew there was a three. I didn't know there was a four.
0: Yeah, four just opened. It's, it's like, like
1: people don't know about Crow 4. That's how I feel right now.
0: Oh, no. This is pretty well known. It was like on every other commercial break. There was something for Toy Story. I don't
1: watch television anymore.
0: <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you don't listen to... Uh, well, I, I guess you would have missed it. There you yeah. go. Those things happen. Um, I guess that's the toolbox, unless you got any other other. other.
1: No. No? I think we're done with the other other.
0: No other, other, other. Okay. Um, Well, it's been like 15 minutes. We should just plug along and jump into the General's Handbook 2019 for our second, first look.
1: So does this make it our third look?
0: I guess. Uh, One
1: plus two plus one plus one.
0: Squared. Yes. Um, So... They have the player's code in here now. And uh, I don't know. Uh, Most people, I've seen basically not too much hubbub about this on social media. Us few people, like, it's sad that you have to print that. And, well, yeah, but you still have to print that because there's just stupid people sometimes. But for the most part, this is something that we all do all the time. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You know, hey. Yeah. You know, show up on time, shake hands, you know, have an extra copy of your list if they want to see it, you know, make sure you're not Ninja Dice picking up. I mean, it's literally basic stuff that we all tell And go back and listen to any of these, you know, hobby etiquette games or episodes from, you know, a few years back on any of these podcasts. That's basically what everybody tells you.
3: hmm
0: Yeah, I got no beef with it, so... Um, they've expanded their open play.
1: Yeah, uh, they've got a there whole a lot put into this. One. Yeah,
0: a whole open. Now, you remember the open war cards? Because I had the set. Mm-hmm. There was a couple times we caught the other UGG, and we were playing, and it was like we were just, "What are you doing?" Well, we don't know what we're doing. We're just everyone's flipping open war cards, and we're just running with whatever we get, and we had a lot of fun with that. And so they've included that in here. Uh, all sorts of different cards and different force points, and you can literally generate not only a board, but you can generate what you're allowed to take in your army randomly. Like, this just happens (laughs) to be what you've been given to get the job done. So good luck, which is kind of cool. It's like you're being called out on a mission. Mm -hmm. Here's your team, your crack team. Go in and crack some heads, crack team, crack team. You are in no mood for me tonight. I got you. Um but then they tell you how to pick out terrain and where to put things out and um I mean they you can literally roll they got what is this the uh yeah, D sixty six. And it's showing uh so they gave you they split that so you got uh eighteen different terrain feature setups, like for in different placements, then um Territory generator. It's, it's pretty cool. Like if you're even remotely interested in, and this is the type of stuff you do when you go to someone's house who has a big, a lot of stuff. They're like, oh, just bring your whole, whatever you have for your army. And I've got mm-hmm. a big whole army. And then we'll just roll up something. And like, you know, I just want to play. And let's just see what can happen if we just come in blind and everything gets thrown at us. I actually have fun with that. That's uh, that's how Harrison some really <laughs> likes playing it that way. So when mm-hmm. we when we do get games in, that's that's the type of stuff we play.
1: Yeah. Uh, they also put in the Open War Battle Generator. This has the objectives, the twists, the ruse. Um, oh, yeah. They also put the hidden agendas into print. And they put in some new ones, too.
0: Yeah, there's... Well, now there's 18?
1: Yeah, there was 15.
0: Right. So, yeah, everything's... Like, everything you need is right in here, which is just really great. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like having the card deck just right in the book. Yes. And then they get the narrative play games. Um, Streets of Death is back.
1: Yeah, this we saw with... uh, I believe it was one of the End Times books where we had Streets of Death. I think it was the uh, Glotkin book, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, I think... Yeah, it was the Glotkin, because that was... uh, that was
1: before, The Siege of Altdor.
0: Yeah, and it was before Thankwell. Because at mm-hmm. that point, they were completely under the city and it collapsed. Before the collapse, they had the street, yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think this really works much better with Sigmar as opposed to uh, the rank and flank games. So, there's different ways that you can play this. And I think the only thing is you're going to need a lot of terrain so but it also talks about like how to burn down buildings, uh, different barricades, sewers. So this is something that I would love to give it a shot and see how it works.
0: It's got a Mordheim-y sort of feel. It does. Yeah, you got the objectives, you got regiments of renowned, you can you can get uh you can get they have different tables for different like if if the you know the they finish the the game alive they get bonuses mm-hmm. you know and it's like oh that's pretty cool and then they run a elixir the shattered city they run a small uh campaign for that that was yeah. that was um that was in one of the that early the books
1: for Mirage. yeah
0: that's what it there was, was in <sighs> Pickups, I'm s- sorry sorry was that where they were in the city and in like in the in the campaign book they go into the city and the 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 statue like the ghost of the, sta- the lady in the statue comes out
1: Yeah the silver maiden Solemsis.
0: Right and then when they did the book the black library book for Galmarez, she was in that like before she they did that to her Wasn't she mm-hmm. Yeah okay I remember this Yeah that okay because yeah,
1: in the Realm Gate Wars series they talk about her origin story and why she is the silver maiden um, and then in the big book, they just talk about what she does. And I believe this is when the celestial vindicators get ambushed by either Zhen Chandor Skaven. Right. So, and it runs through like that running set of battles that they went through. Um, so I mean, it's pretty cool with regards to different scenarios. Like some of these battle plans are actually just like legit fun. So. Like the Silver Maiden, I think for me is one of my favorites out of there. I like so. the raids
0: and Ambush things where suddenly you get other weird random rules so you can be having small forces doing other things going mm-hmm. on. There's just a lot of neat stuff here to, to pull from there's there's, um, there's there's enough structure here in these different styles that it's like, okay, I can take it and run with this and we and basically anything you'd want to play, you can now. Mm -hmm. like the old Mordheim-y type stuff up to these larger battles to these small uh, randomly assigned things. And then they got a name generator if you're not good at naming your characters.
1: Yeah, it's... it's, I don't know. Like, I mean, I think it's cool that it's here. This could have been maybe just like a post on the community site or a link there as opposed to like taking up space in a book
0: well it's I mean it's only six pages but basically it's only six first last and titles for
3: mm-hmm.
0: you know it, it's gonna get pretty repetitive pretty quick like I've seen bigger name generators and stuff like that so but it's there for the people who can't come up with anything they don't know here's a, here's an <laughs> idea uh, but yeah. the important thing is the mercenaries are in here yeah now we talked about them. Was it last episode? Yeah,
1: when we did the forbidden power. Forbidden episode.
0: power. Yeah, and uh, so the rules haven't changed, right? I mean, the rules here are near the same.
1: They, yeah, for taking mercenaries, they can go into any army. They pick up the mercenary keyword. They count as ally points, and same for the number of units. Um,
0: and if you take them, you don't get your command point turn one.
1: Yeah, in the first battle round because it kind of disrupts everything. You're
0: spending it to keep so. them and get them in line, the first yeah, beginning mm-hmm. of the thing. Um, they did add a whole bunch of... Because before we just had the Greyfeard and the Tenebris Court, right?
1: Yeah, the Fire Slayers and the Flesh Eaters.
0: Mm-hmm. And now we've got necromancers and vampire lords and free guild and the the three the one to three gargant bonus mm-hmm. the uh, Grug Brothers yeah there's some really cool things in here you get the fire bellies and man eaters um, chaos gargants with other stuff you can get uh, cannons and gyrocopters little things are sort of the, the one I like the, I really like the Grug Brothers it's probably my favorite just because it would be cool just to take three big. Um,
1: Goofy Gargans
0: Exactly And if you take it You get to re-roll uh, Ones For attacks If you're within Six inches of Another one of the Gargans You can re-roll All hit rolls If you're within Six inches of Both of the others So if you run them In sort of a little triangle Or something like that Push them forward Get them into fights They're re-rolling All their hit mm-hmm. rolls It's just And these That's That's potentially so much damage to giving them that extra to hit it's just yeah. crazy
1: <laughs> yeah and gargans do put out a lot of attacks and i think like we talked about it with the beast of chaos review how it's like they have the potential but they need a little bit of help there is the help
0: yeah yeah
1: Where but this the- also lets you do more like and this is why it kind of straddles the line between the narrative and the match play, because you can do like narrative stuff with these. Like You could do an army from the realm of death and take the necromancer, skeletons, and corpse cart mercenary company, and it's like, well, in Shyish, the living fight us alongside the dead most of the time. It's not uncommon, so now you can actually do that. Right. how? Where are the
0: Gargants in the uh, points list? I don't know how much they cost. and I don't know where to Their find They're
1: Ale Guzzer Gargants, so they fall under the Gloomspite Gits.
0: Ah, okay. So they're in the... Okay, I will find them then. Do you know how much they are while I'm looking for them?
1: 160. Well, that's not bad. No, so in a match play <laughs> environment, you're not going to... Get all three, all three of them at two k. Um, no, because then it becomes too many points for allies.
0: Yeah, four eighty. So you'd have to play what almost twenty five hundred.
1: Yeah, or you could do like a just a generic grand alliance, whatever. Because then there are no allies.
0: No, oh. and you can just take them as mercenaries. Yeah, but even though it says it comes out of your ally points, but since you're so you just you just ignore that if you're a Grand Alliance?
1: You don't have allies. You just take whatever in that Grand Alliance. So, like, if you look in the pitch battle profiles, like, it doesn't have an allies list for Grand Alliance anything. Hmm.
0: So, and they, oh, and they can be from any... You don't have to be. You don't have to be destruction to take them because it doesn't. Because matter. they're mercenaries. Oh, interesting.
1: Yeah. So I mean, I, I don't. This is not going to shake the world up, but this just adds some new fun ways to play with models that you may have always wanted to play with. Yeah. But never had a reason or to do that conversion that you've always wanted to do, or to tell that story. So I don't. Know, I think it's cool.
0: The necromancer with the skeletons or zombies, or, or actually with the zombies in the corpse cart, an extra mm-hmm. attack on top of all of that, you get the necromancer and the zombies in the corpse cart, they're hitting on such a low number that mm-hmm. an extra attack is, is, is insane.
1: Yeah, and I mean, they'll die horribly. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, they're zombies, but also they don't get the death save. Oh so, that's right,
0: because it's uh, you're not playing because they're mercenaries, they're not just they're not that army.
1: Yeah, they're not even Grand if, alliance death
0: even if you were playing like say Legions of Nagash or something like that, they wouldn't get it because they're mercenaries. They're not a part of it, right?
1: Correct. That's weird. Yeah, they don't benefit from your Allegiance abilities, and that's where all of the death save is built into. So it's one of those things, like, why would you take that in death when you can just take them regularly? Mm-hmm. But if you wanted to do, like, an order free city based in Shyish, you could totally do it.
0: Interesting. That's kind of cool. You really have to come up with a reason for to to, to want to use them and to make yeah, in Yeah, I properly. mean, they're
1: cool stuff, but it's not like, you know, it's not shaking the world down, you know?
0: Oh, no. That's cool though. I forgot you actually told me that last episode, and I totally forgot. Oh, that's right. You have to. You have to uh...
1: be playing that alliance. Yeah. So, or, so I mean, it's it's just one of those things that adds some spice. It doesn't bust anything up, and I'm sure people are going to try to find a way to break it, but it's really not that bad. It's just more fun
0: yeah I'm I mean there's all of and oh there's so much other stuff that, that they put through that I wanted to to talk about a little bit um, you know what let's uh let's take a quick break and then when we come back we'll jump into matched play stuff okay mm-hmm cool. And we're back. We're back with matched play. So, yes. you know, it is, I, I will say this, this book is without the points because they're in a separate book, which is cool. I like that. Um, they could also, you know, you could, that's uh, something that's great to have if they just need to update points. And they release another one of those, you know, six months down for five bucks or whatever. Like, you know, I, oh, cool. I don't have to, they don't have to reprint this whole book. They can just print up yeah. that little points list so I'm like I like that but this book is 105 pages like it's all the way to the back inside of the back cover Um, you don't get match play till 50 well page 50 is this big match play games page so it's about half Mm -hmm. the book is all the cool open play and all the narrative stuff they've got going on in here you know and yeah the naming thing is in there you know whatever that's like six pages but it's, it's almost half the book which mm-hmm. is considerable, seeing as how match play has become the, the you know the everyone's the playing with quote the unquote ones. way to play it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, they've got some cool changes here, though. Uh, I'm really excited about this. Um, we, like I said, we already this is our second first look, but the little changes in here are the things that I really liked. I think. Hmm. Um But we'll jump into it. So, points are still about the same. You know, what you can take is still the same. One to six liters that type of thing. You know, when you're playing at 2,000 points, that's all in there. Endless spells are now in here, or at least it's explained in here. Um, Command points. I think that's the first big thing to change. Am I correct?
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah. And it's a big one.
0: Yeah. So no longer if you come in under you know oh I'm 50 points under I get a command point um if I'm 100 points under I get two command points you can buy, you can get one extra command point and you have to pay for it it's 50 points mm-hmm. so your 1950 list with a command point is great uh because now it's a 2000 point list but you still get the command point but you can only get the one and right. as you pointed out to me last time and look I remembered this a 1950 list with a command point and a 2000 point list with a command point. The difference is really the 19 or the 2000 point list just lost out pretty much all of its chance to get a triumph. Correct. So that purposely coming in, uh, you know, I was writing 1900 point list and taking two command points in a triumph a lot of games because why not?
1: Right, and for a lot of armies that really makes a lot of difference. Uh, Like, Flesh Eater Quartz, I think, are the first one that comes to my mind because of their summoning mechanic. Right. They can't get a ton of extra command points anymore. So, they're actually going to have to, like, work within limits now. Yeah. Which is not a bad thing.
0: Well, yeah, it's something that can be abused. And so, we're going to, you know, and this is a good way to fix it. You know? Mm Mm-hmm. Um. Army rosters, pitched battle. Now, uh, they now have 18 battle plans in this book. And how many of them, I think?
1: So there's six in the main book, which is the battle plan table one. Right. So that's those six in the core book. In 2019, they have new versions of the additional 12 That came in the GHB 2018.
0: So tables 2 and 3, the other 12, these are those with changes.
1: And And then in 2018, you can still use the battle plans from the General's Handbook 2018, except for the Places of Arcane Power. You have to use the most updated version from GHB 2019.
0: What's the big difference there?
1: I'm know, not 100% sure.
0: Well, you know what? You keep explaining how many things they have, and I'm grabbing 2018s yeah. right here. So
1: so essentially what you get is you have the 6 from the core book, you have the 12 from the GHB 2019, and 11 from the GHB 2018, so that gives you a grand total of 29 different battle plans you can play, which is bananas.
0: Here we go. Places of Arcane Power. Let's see where the changes came in. Uh, The board looks identical. Uh, This battle is fought to control three objectives. They're located... uh, Okay, there. That's the same setup. Alternate setup, alternate setup. That's all the same. So originally, the normal rules for controlling an objective are not used. Instead, uh, it's got to be a hero with an artifact or a wizard within three inches at the end of that. so Okay, so that's what it was. Only one mile control. Now it says um, a hero, a, a friendly hero within three inches of the objective at the end of any type of move apart from a retreat move. They lose control of that objective if the hero is not within three inches of it. It says nothing about wizards, and it says nothing about artifacts of power. Correct. So that's the big change, is it can be any hero. Mm-hmm. Okay. That. Well, there it is. Hooray, I figured it out all by myself. Um, well, that's... Oh, so... I wonder why they said you can't. Is it just because that one becomes so restrictive? It's just easier to do the other one.
1: There are some armies uh, that don't have access to battalions, so they only ever have one artifact. Um, oh. And then there are some armies that cannot take wizards.
3: Oh.
0: Okay.
1: Outside of the allies pool.
0: Oh yeah. So just get rid of it. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it makes
1: sense. It had more to do with like making it a fair fight when you think about it, because if I take a sacrosanct list against somebody's dispossessed, they have max two wizards, I just have to kill those two wizards and the one guy holding an artifact, and you're done.
0: Oh, see? Yeah. Right. Okay. So this one, it's like the other one, you might just like the other rules better, but this one, it's that's just an unfair play. Yeah. Okay, I got so you. It's
1: in general, trying to make a, posit- a more positive player experience.
0: I like these battle plans, by the way. Yeah. The changes the are new- super cool.
1: Yeah, and we can talk about that once we get to them, but there's a bunch more changes on the next page.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, next page is the battlefield setup. Now,
1: this is. I read something today,
0: and you could tell me if I'm completely wrong about this.
1: You're probably not.
0: Um, someone was talking about how, you know, the faction terrain sometimes allegiance abilities allow you to include. So, th- if you haven't looked at this yet, folks, it basically says you put ten. It's about ten pieces, and they always said you should have ten to twelve pieces on it. You pick three from the primary list and two from the secondary list. So you get three big pieces. Two small pieces. You take turns picking a piece, placing it. They list all of these other rooms. And then they said unique, any other terrain feature, no more than 10 inches across and no more than 10 inches tall. That's like for the big one. The small one is six by four. Um, mm-hmm. Someone was, re- I was reading something where they, uh, it was in one of the WhatsApp groups, I think. And they said that you could literally put down your your faction-specific terrain as one of the pieces off your primary list. It would just fall under unique. And then, uh, so you can put them down early, but if you're putting these pieces down early, that's your 10 to 12. Uh, What did it say? Uh, These are set up in addition to the pitch battle. So you have 10 normally, but if uh, you have uh, army-specific terrain, you might each have one more. So it's 10 to 12. And it says, in a pitch battle, faction terrain must be set up here uh, and where they have to be set up in addition to any other restrictions apply. But they were saying that they thought it could be listed as one of the primaries. just put it down. So you can put it down early if you want to. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, so the big thing that GW has already come out and said is that you pretty much just ignore this. Right. um, And use the rules as per normal oh okay so like what it says on the war skull like gnaw holes um because they there's a distance from the edge that you have to be but that's where the gnaw holes have to deploy okay so it just completely eliminated the gnaw hole ah and then if you're playing something like sylvaneth where your tree stands are fairly massive you're not going to be able to meet these restrictions. So it's really just one of those things that it made it in here. It's a mistake. We'll probably get her ratted. So
0: just completely ignore clear jets internet. So do you think it's, I mean, okay. If you can't say, you can't, I don't know what I'm, if I'm asking too far, but do you think they're going to just be like, Oh, just completely cross it out. Or do you think they might just tweak it? Cause
1: I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure that when they talked about it on, the Warhammer TV, they said just place as normal for now.
0: Yeah. I like the idea. I like the game within a game thing, just like when we used to do, uh, what was it, unit, uh, not unit, cost, pool costs? Mm-hmm. And you'd bring 200, or bring 300 and play two. You yeah. know, and then you, because it was just that game within a game of putting stuff down, watching what the other person's doing. I've never done it at a tournament. See, so, and you know, I just figured tournaments would completely ignore it. And then you're like, but they did it at South Coast. And I said, oh, really? And, yeah, uh, they did
1: it for a long time at South Coast, um, where every player had to bring five pieces and you just kind of talked it over and said, okay, let's just make the table look good and play a game. And it wasn't ever an issue.
0: Interesting. But,
1: but I think that has to do with the crowd and the environment and the tone that the TO sets.
0: So, I see. Um... So this is, and this is just the start of the extra new rules. Triumphs. Um, so triumphs have changed. There's six triumphs now. Mm-hmm. Um, did the original three change? Cause it says you have to use these and not those.
1: Yeah. So the original three triumphs that we had was the one, two, and three on this current list of six. Uh-huh. Um, but now they specify when it happens.
0: Oh, that's like right. Before
1: so, you roll any dice.
0: Oh, that's right. So it's not if I have a really crummy roll, I can choose to use it. You, yeah,
1: it's when you pick them to do something.
0: That's right. Um, and then we got some new ones, though.
1: Yeah, there are three new ones, and these are all stellar.
0: Yeah. Um, well, one of them unbowed basically... Um, before you take your battle shock test, you just pick a friendly unit and they don't take a Battleshock test.
1: Yeah, that's a free command point. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. And it doesn't require you to be near one of your heroes to use it.
0: Right. That, oh, that's true. Um, I mean, granted, their triumph table, now on a D6, you, I mean, so you only got a 1 in 6 chance of getting that, but hey, any triumph is decent. I mean, that's just a really, that yeah. would be awesome. Um, then what do we got? What else we got?
1: We got eager, so once per battle, before you make a runner charge roll, the friendly can say it's eager, and if you so, you can re-roll that runner charge roll. That is also essentially a command point for the re-roll charge. Um, you got before to pick it beforehand, so yeah.
0: But yeah, no, getting the chance for the re-roll is good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then cunning, this is, this is the one you want to roll uh, once per battle when you use a command ability. Don't spend the point. Mm-hmm. That's really great. Uh s- yeah. especially if uh you're trying to if you're throwing one out there, um, if you're not going first and you don't have any extras, mm-hmm. that's like, oh, I've got this in my pocket. That's a really good one. Yeah, it is. And then command abilities, you have got new command abilities. Now this is in addition to the original the command abilities in the main rule book.
1: Yeah, so the ones we have in the main rulebook are the inspiring presence, the at the double, which is the uh, auto move six for your run roll, right? And then the reroll charge roll. So now there's three new ones.
0: Why don't you grab the first one?
1: So, so the first one is all out attack, and for all of these folks, uh, you can use it if a friendly unit is wholly within twelve of a friendly hero or 18 if that hero is the general. So for all-out attack, if you use it, you get to re-roll hit rolls of one for attacks made by that unit until the end of that phase, and this one's for the combat phase. So that's when you get to use this one. Right, and then you get all-out
0: defense, use it at the start of the combat phase, pay uh, the friendly unit within the hero, and re-roll save rolls for one... Reroll save rolls of one for attacks that target this unit until the end of that phase. So at the start of your, yeah, the combat phase, yeah. That's mm-hmm. uh, that's good, though. Reroll save rolls of one.
1: Yeah. Any of these would be like a good command ability on a war scroll card, let alone mm-hmm. anything else. Yeah. Uh, and the last one is volley fire, uh, which this one you can use at the start of your shooting phase. And you get to pick a unit, and they get to reroll hit rolls of one for attacks made by that unit until the end of the phase. So that's for shooting. Um, that is a big one. Yeah. Right there. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, with your judicators, especially the guy who's got the exploding bow on 2s rerolling ones? Yeah.
1: Yeah, and it's not just against chaos. But even things like carriage on overlords are going to get a big bump on this one, I think. Because the army in and of itself does not have a lot of access to re but it has a lot of guns. So now yeah. you're making all of those guns that much more accurate.
0: Yeah. Um, so those are the three new command abilities. And then the scenery table has changed.
1: Yes. It we've is- got six new scenery rules and a couple changes. You want to go over the, the changes original six. first? The big one, there's only really one big change, um, and that is to arcane. So, that one is you get to add plus one to casting, unbinding, and dispelling rolls for wizards while they are within one inch of any arcane terrain feature.
0: Dispelling is the add, right?
1: Yeah, the dispelling is like breaking apart an endless spell. Right. Before it wasn't there. So now it makes endless spells a little easier to get a, to get them off the table.
0: Yeah, suddenly you're you know, smiling at those arcane ones.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Now, um Well now what they said is if you want to play with the scenery table, you can play with just one you know, the original six, you can play with the new six, or you can roll a D six on a one to three play at the you know, one side on the three to four or four to six play it on the other side so you can do that for every piece of terrain. So you can play with the full Mm -hmm. 12. Um, You want to grab the first one of these new ones? Because these are awesome.
1: Yeah. So the first one is overgrown. Uh, So models are not visible to each other. If an imaginary straight line, yada, 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 uh, between the closest points of the two models, crosses over more than one inch of any overgrown terrain features, and it does not apply if either model can fly. We already have this kind of with the Citadel Woods. Um, but then also with the clouds of smoke and steam in action, so we've been playing with this for a while, but now it's going to be potentially more prevalent.
0: Yeah. Inside one inch of the train. So that's this, this is going to, uh, be great when you want to run a, run a unit into if you've got a nice big piece train, run a unit in there. If you just don't want them getting shot at right away or just drop them right in there to start. Now you can't see exactly. these guys. It's that's going to be really sweet. Um, mm-hmm. I like entangling. Uh, there seems to be a theme here. You know, you got the overgrowth, now you got the entangling. Minus two from run running charges to a minimum of zero for units within an inch of any entangling terrain feature. Mm-hmm. So you can actually get the zero here, though. That's normally it's to a minimum of one, right?
1: Yeah, for a lot of things, it's to a minimum of one. This is a zero.
0: <laughs> you can literally say run and make nothing. Mm-hmm. Charge was zero. That's great.
1: Charge! Yeah. Nope! <laughs> just... Uh, all right. You got Volcanic? Yeah. So this one is at the start of each hero phase. You roll a die for each Volcanic terrain feature, and on a six, each unit within an inch of that terrain feature takes D3 mortal wounds. Uh, so it's kind of like Deadly, except it happens at the start of each hero phase. So you're rolling for each... Volcanic terrain feature essentially like 10 times. Yeah. If there's stuff near it. So
0: <laughs> yeah, it's
1: only happening on a six, but I don't know. That's kind of cool.
0: Yeah, no, I like it. Uh, commanding. Start of the hero phase. If your general and no enemy general is within an inch of any commanding terrain features, add one to the number of command points you receive that hero phase. Now, this one is awesome, but you got to remember. If you have more than one commanding piece of terrain, and I'm by mine, and you're by a different one, that's uh, enemy general within it's, it's any commanding terrain features. Mm-hmm. So you have to be the only one on this hill. You know, this is the only you're the only guy with this piece of terrain. Um, but if you could get it double double command points, that's awesome. Yeah, I'd be fighting that. over that. You know.
1: Hmm. Which makes train more important, which is always a good thing. Yeah. Uh, number five is healing. So at the start of your hero phase, roll a die for each friendly unit that is within an inch of any healing train features, and on six, you heal d three wounds allocated to that unit. So that's healing multi wound models. That's not bringing models back to units. It's just healing wounds that are there.
0: Right, and you can't heal a one wound model because they're dead. So yeah, it's just correct. Right. Seriously, your character models and stuff, especially Mm -hmm. characters, Characters,
1: monsters.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's only on a six, but when it happens, it's glorious.
1: Yeah. It's free healing. So there's nothing wrong with that.
0: Right. And finally is nullification. I love this one. In Mm -hmm. the enemy hero phase, if any heroes from your army are within an inch of any nullification terrain feature, one of them can attempt to unbind a spell like a wizard. If you can already unbind spells, you get an additional unbind. So, there you go. You got an additional unbind. Um, in addition, an endless spell that is set up or finishes a move within an inch of any nullification terrain features is dispelled. Now, why you would set it up within an inch and dispel it yourself? Is there, I mean, is there any, who's going to set it up within an inch and have it destroyed themselves? Or If you don't have a
1: choice. Like, because a lot of other spells, like like the uh, the crows from the beast of cast, say you move it and set it up. Okay. So it's just to cover wording is really what it is.
0: Okay. It just it seemed, I was like, wait, why would I do that?
1: So, and sometimes you may not have a choice. I suppose. Because the scaven lightning vortex has three pieces that have to be an exact distance apart from each other. Okay. So you have to be careful where that gets placed.
0: Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Interesting. I just like that suddenly you can move it right into there and it just dissipates. I thought maybe it was like you know, maybe when it sets up something happens. So like when you set it up something happens. So if I set it up within an inch it's dispelled but not until after whatever happens, happens, and then it goes away. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Like with the comet, it sets up, mm. boom, it crashes, it does its thing, and then it's dispelled. Mm. That's what I kind of thought. That's what that, like, why would you, that would be the only reason you would want to do that. I don't know the wording, exact wording on the comet, because I was just thinking about this today. While I was looking through this, getting ready for this part again, waiting for the people I was on hold with the phone on, and I was like, "Oh, that that could be interesting if that is that." But I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm being gamey. Hmm.
1: But it it's would entirely be, plausible.
0: It would be cool if something that, you know I set it up. Okay, and then if you set it up here, it's dispelled. Okay, but I set it up. It has an effect when it sets up. Does that effect take place before it's dispelled?
3: right,
0: interesting hmm. um, all right uh what else now we get into all of the new. I don't want to go over how each and every one of the eighteen battle plans well there's only are 12 different here. or the twelve in here are different um I mean there are some a that lot I- of
1: it. Has to do with the location of the objectives and the territory maps.
0: Yeah. But some of the things are like, okay, the one that I really like, uh, as you know, I like the changes to Scorched Earth and Star Strike. Mm hmm. Um, the Star Strike, you know, before it would drop one on the middle line, one, you know, across halfway through your territory. If you had the Realm of Battle boards, it would be like, it could drop anywhere in the center of any of your three the three board tiles on your side. And you drop anywhere on the three. Now it drops every what we said, six inches? Four. Four inches. Or you, no, it is every six. Yeah, you roll it you roll two D six and on a two it just moves in six inches from the edge. On a three it's twelve inches, and you et etc, cetera, et cetera. Um so your your uh when it strikes, it could literally be anywhere across the board. So, sticking in one of the you know having three units and just keeping one in each of those three spots, waiting for the comet to drop to see where you want to you know grab control of it. Now it can be spread almost anywhere.
1: Although, yeah, and then you're also playing more into probability because the odds say it'll be somewhere in the seven mark.
0: Yeah, but six, you they're going to seven, and you
1: roll an extreme kind
0: of in trouble that's what happened and that was the other part that happened this is what we we played this with Christian when we played the team one and the first one they rolled for the and it rolled right they rolled a 7 rolled right in the center of the board we rolled ours we rolled a 7 right in the center of the board they rolled it an 11 or a 12 and it was way off outside of where we were fighting and the only unit there was one of ours because he had jumped back there to go and fight some things that ran away or moved and then it's like we were the only one next to the <laughs> objective, so we managed to grab it. But that's pretty cool. Scorched Earth is cool too, because they switched the board, um uh you you're playing like uh Battle for the Pass.
1: Yeah. And there's four objectives instead of six, instead yes. of uh three on each side.
0: Yeah. That's uh so now there's more to get and you've got to get really far back into the other territory if you want to get there. If you, want to, if you want to scorch all of them, if you can teleport, that's great. But then you're teleporting all the way to the back of the board, mm-hmm. and now you're deep, deep in enemy territory. It's not like just get a foot up past your center line and you're grabbing right. stuff. Um, this is completely. Cha- this completely changes all the tactics for this. Mm-hmm. Um, I like it
3: a lot.
1: Yeah, the two big ones that I really liked for the changes were Duality of Death. Because now it splits you up into two different territories. So you're right. 24 inches out of each side, but there's a 24-inch gap in between your two deployments. So if you have like faction-specific terrain that has to be in your territory, you're adding a lot more restrictions on where it can go.
0: Oh, and you have to plan right. accordingly. Because
1: like the uh, charnel it, throne for flesh eaters has to be in your territory. you got to pick which side to go on.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. Because now instead of having your six feet across on your side and one foot forward, you've got two feet. You got one foot forward, but two feet in from each edge. So that whole center two feet is not yours. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, that'll yeah, that'll mess you up. Yeah. Keeps you from dropping dead center every time. Aha. Uh-huh. Correct. And which was the other one you liked? The orb. Oh, the one that's. Dances all around
1: relocation orb. Yeah, it made it a lot simpler uh, to follow because it's not like this crazy map. Uh, There's only five points where it can land now, so it's a lot easier to track. Yes, like gameplay wise.
0: Yep. Yeah, and where they wind up. Yeah. Okay. That seems like one I would set those five spots up on the beginning before the game started and then just keep track of which one is where it's at because you don't want to be measuring that out later in the game. That is a pain yeah. in the diaper. Um, cool. Um, oh, that's, oh, okay, here. Okay, now we're getting to the other cool thing. Um, now, you've been running how you use it at Adepticon for years, the little thousand-point... Mm-hmm. Tournaments where you're playing short games. Everyone's playing just a thousand points. Um, and they've got a whole thing in here. They've got a good. They got a good thirteen pages dedicated to it. Fourteen pages dedicated to pitched battle uh, tournaments. Playing thousand point games.
1: Well, okay, so hang on, you're mixing sections. Oh, am I? After the pitch battle, battle plans. Oh, that's
0: stupid. Oh, yeah. Okay. The
1: layout for kind of how they do their tournaments. So, if you're trying to run a tournament for the first time, you can see how they do it and take what you want and make changes to what you don't like. So
0: that—that's the first two pages. My mistake. I'm sorry. I, right. I you know, I—I I was looking at media engagements and I started flipping the pages forward. And When I flipped back, I got to that and I was just being dumb. It happens. Yep. I'm dumb. Um, yep. <laughs> so meeting engagements is the thousand points. and there's some cool there's some cool wrinkles in this version of it that I think are kind of neat um, mm-hmm. you can't take more than two units from that have the same war scroll unless it's part of a war scroll battalion but you're not taking too many battalions because you're playing a thousand points
3: mm-hmm.
0: Um, the contingents is the part that I thought was pretty interesting You've got to split yeah. your army into a spearhead, a main body, and a rear guard. And you have to have... Each contingent must have at least one unit and conform to the restrictions of meeting engagement. So your main body, your leader, you have to have at least one leader in your main force, and you have to have at least one battle line unit in your main force. Okay? Um, other than that, So those two units have to be in the main body. The other units you can spread between spearhead, main body, and rear guard. There's zero to to whatever. Uh, Certain things you can't have. You cannot have behemoths or artillery in the spearhead portion. Um, You cannot have artillery in the main body. Those are only in the rear guard. And certain... uh,
1: You have to take the
0: size on the war scroll.
1: Yeah, the minimum size.
0: Yeah. Uh, Now, if it's a main body battle line unit... Or any of your rearguard units, you can double, but only double.
1: Mm-hmm. No triple.
0: <laughs> no tripling, no quadrupling, no going crazy. Um, you can have one allied unit. It's got to be its minimum size as well. And um, you can take endless spells, and you can purchase a command point. Um, is that. That's pretty much the basic. Difference that's the differences in the in how to set up your army. Um,
1: yeah, the other thing that I find that's really neat on here is um, the table size you're playing on.
0: Oh, that's right, it's uh, it's a three by four, or you can do a two and a half by or 30 by 40 is the minimum size up to 36 by 48.
1: Yeah, so generally it's going to be a three and a half. But this lets you do smaller games at home. If you don't have a big 4x6 gaming table, you can actually like play a game on like a normal dining room table, as it were. Or if you're running an event at a friendly local game store that may not have a lot of tables, you can get two games per 6x4. That's right. By following a media engagement profile, so you can get a lot more people playing, which is always a good thing.
0: Interesting. I didn't think about that. You split the table in half, and you got two games going. Yeah. Um, now, on the setup, really cool because you have your spearhead, your main body, and your rear guard. And they show you what table edge and where they come on, and then they tell you about... Uh, When they come on, so like in Mm -hmm. this first one, your spearhead—it's all you have—is your spearhead at the start of the game. Turn one, you bring out your main guard. Turn two, you can bring out your rear guard. In this other one, beneath it, uh, your spearhead comes out from the side, from uh, the one side. Your main part's coming out on the other side, and on the third side of your territory is where your rear guard comes in. So yes, yeah, come- so that's
1: death pass for those that are following along. That at home.
0: Oh, okay. Um, it's it's interesting because then there's how many how many battle plans in here too. There's like eight, I think. Six. There's six. Okay.
1: For meeting engagement.
0: Right, and they all do the same thing. They're showing you exactly what part of the board you can come on and who comes on what turn. Um, I thought it was interesting that it's not always the spearhead that on some of these the main force shows up first not too many mm-hmm. but uh this is really cool yeah there's there's just a it's it's I've never played anything I've never done this before I've never played it this way there's a whole new way to play this right in here with all this stuff set up and oh look how to run a tournament for this too Yeah. Uh, A three-round and a five-round if you guys are really up for it.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. But you can play three games of Sigmar, because how they have the format is that it goes from nine to five. Right. So that's for the short, which is pretty awesome that you could do that in a day.
0: Yeah. 9 to 5, starting from re- start of registration to everyone's gotten their awards and it's all over. Yeah. You can also go 8 to 8 if you want to go start a registration till everything's over and 5 rounds.
1: Yeah, and that's also, like, they didn't specifically call it out, but there is a lunch break built in.
0: Yep. Yeah, there's an hour <laughs> after round 2 and an yeah, hour after round 2 in both 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 setups. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, uh, yeah. Half hour between rounds. It's not bad.
1: No, it actually looks semi like professional.
0: <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, I, I. There's there's just so much here. Like I'm so excited about all these new, different ways we can play,
3: mm-hmm. and
0: that hasn't even gotten to any of the new allegiance abilities because they did put some of that stuff in the back of the book, and obviously the points values which are in the separate book. Um, we're already up to all of this cool stuff. Um, you know what? One last break. We'll talk about some of the new stuff. Just a few new things in the battalions. Uh, if there's anything you wanted to mention about the points. I'm not, obviously, we're not going to go through all the points and talk about that. That would be insane.
1: Or all the different allegiance abilities again.
0: Yeah, we'll talk about the stuff that changed, and then we'll wrap it up. Um, Because that's what it is First thoughts be first thoughts So we'll be right back Lindsay's Gamer Garrison In Wakanda, Illinois Wow, that's terrible But they're not They carry the full GW range For all your hobby cravings And customers get 10% off their purchases Every single day At Lindsay's Gamer Garrison what makes Lindsay so special? Well, there's weekend events for AOS, 40K, Underworlds, Song of Ice and Fire, Star Wars Legions, pretty much every other tabletop game going on, and they've got something there going on almost every weekend. If tabletop gaming's your thing, there's always something happening at Lindsay's. But, David, you say, what if I want to support Lindsay's but can't always make it out there? Well, I'm glad you asked. Lindsay's online store makes shopping easy. Just go to lindsaysgarrison.com, that's L-I-N-D-S-A-Y-S, garrison.com, and fill your cart with hobby goodness. Show listeners, you can enter GH Savings at checkout for extra specials and discounts. And did I mention free shipping for orders over 50 bucks? Because yeah, there's free shipping for orders over 50 bucks. That's like a book in a box, or two boxes. It's so easy. That's Lindsay's. Don't forget, enter GH Savings at checkout at lindsaysgarrison.com. That's Lindsay's Game of Garrison in Wakanda, Illinois. That's horrible. I'm leaving it in.
1: And we are back with updated Allegiance abilities from the General's Handbook 2019, starting with Darkling Covens.
0: Excuse me, I was sneezing like crazy all of a sudden.
1: Uh,
0: I must be allergic to Darkling covens. I guess. I guess. Um, you know more than I do what's changed here, so I'm letting you take the lead on this.
1: The big thing is the command abilities have changed to be like wholly within range of general or artifacts. It's really... That's the big change. Okay. So... It's not changed a lot. It's the same kind of stuff. It's just a lot of it is wholly within now. So
0: doke, and that goes for dispossessed free peoples. Most of that, right? Until mm-hmm. we get to Seraphon.
1: Yeah, Seraphon is when things get weird.
0: Now, um, they've still got their summoning ability. Yep. Uh, Sland command traits, skink command traits, source command. That's all here. Artifacts power still here. Um, I don't know if any of those changed much, but the Seraphon got their own spell lore. And I know that's Yeah, and big.
1: they also got an additional uh, battle trait too.
0: Okay, what's the battle trait?
1: So that's contemplations of the old one of the ancient ones. So at the end of your hero phase, you can pick one friendly slon and replace a spell that they know from the Seraphon's spell lore with a new spell from that table, either by choose or by rolling.
0: So, if if the spell you've got's not working for you, you can just at yeah. the end of your hero phase be like, you know what? I'm going to do
1: this one now. Yeah. So, That's it gives awesome. you a lot of flexibility with playing Slon now. So, now you have different options. So, it's like if you have a spell that is not useful in your current matchup, you can say, uh, I'm going to change it over to this.
0: And now. Uh, we should probably go through these spells to see what awesomeness they can pick from. Is my guess. Yeah, and there's a lot
1: of awesome
0: here. Alright, um, you want me to start this one? Sure. Celestial Apotheosis. Uh, casting value of 5. Uh, unit holy within 18 and visible. Heal a wound allocated to that unit. In addition, until your next hero phase, minus one from bravery of enemy units within 3 inches of that unit. So heal a wound and minus one bravery for units near it. Hmm. And uh, on a yeah, five, that's a good one. Pretty easy.
1: Yeah, it's a good one, especially for Carnosaurs, because they already have a bravery debuff. So, oh, that's a good one.
3: Oh, that's nice.
0: Uh,
1: the second is Claws of Glory. Uh, so it's cast value six. Pick a friendly unit, holy than eighteen of the caster, invisible. You can reroll hit rolls of one for attacks made by that unit until your next hero phase. Note: it does not say combat or shooting only, so it's both. So, skinks get a big benefit here. Uh, what do you call them? Salamanders or Razordons also pick up a big bonus here. So, nice. Yeah. No, it's a really good spell.
0: Yep. And the next one is pretty good, too. It's the second of the six-point ones. Uh, walk Between Realms. Uh, friendly unit, holy with an 18, and visible. They can fly. Till the start of the next nice. hero phase. You know, that is always... That's I, th- I just feel like that could be used so well, especially with these units who like, because there's a lot of stuff that likes to retreat in the Seraphon army. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, I, I'll surround you. You can't retreat. You won't have anywhere to retreat to. You won't. Oh, but I can fly. I don't have to worry about moving around you. I could just go straight over you and still get far enough away to, to pull off a successful retreat.
1: That's what I was. Thinking. Yeah. hmm The other thing is how this army plays with the, like, shell game with the teleporting units. You're now adding more mobility to this army. Yeah. So, it's always a good... uh, So, the next is Meteor Convocation. So, cast value of 7, so it's a big one. If it goes off, pick one enemy unit within 24 inches of the caster that they can see. And roll 8 dice for that unit. For each 5-up, that unit takes a mortal wound. So on average you're gonna do about two or three mortal wounds for every cast. So that is a big deal. And it's two feet too, so it's like the threat range.
0: That's not bad.
1: No, it's not, especially if you take a bailwind, pop that up to thirty. <laughs> mm, beefy.
0: Oh, you're so you're so mean. Um Mystical Unforging. This one's on an eight. The, these last two are both eights. They're big. Mm-hmm. Um pick an enemy hero with an artifact of power within 12 inches of the caster invisible. Hero takes D3 mortals and then roll a die and on a 5 up the artifact can no longer be used. If a weapon was picked when it was selected, the weapon reverts to normal. So this uh, yeah, this just kind of, you know, oh, I'm going to D3 mortals and I got a 1 in 3 chance of canceling out your artifact the cool artifact you're carrying. Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And because it's a spell, if it didn't work this turn, I'll try it again next turn. If it doesn't kill you, I'm still going to try to take away your artifact. Exactly. And the thing is, um, it doesn't say you don't have the artifact anymore. So even if on my first turn I did D3, maybe I only do a one, but I take out your artifact, I can still come after you for another D3. You still have an artifact. It just don't work, right? Yeah. Yeah, so. it just can't be used anymore. I thought
1: so. Um interesting. Yeah. And then the last one is Stellar Tempest, and it is a Stellar Tempest. Um so cast value eight, if it goes off, pick one enemy unit within twenty four inches invisible. Roll one dice for each model in that unit, and on a five plus the unit takes a mortal wound. That's a lot.
0: That's a lot, especially against a horde.
1: Yeah, if you're lining up against like 60 grots or something, that's 20 mortal wounds on average.
0: <laughs> uh, and if you're rolling some good garage hammer dice, it might even be more.
1: Yeah, for real. So it's got a... They have a horde buster now, which is something that I've always found that Seraphon kind of struggled with was large bodies of troops. So... Now they've got a horde buster.
0: Did their battalions change at all?
1: Um, They cleaned it up just a little bit. Um, Nothing really amazing. It just makes them less wordy and more playable.
0: Okay, cool. Um, anything else? Wanderers, Slaves of Darkness. Iron Jaws got something, didn't they? But the other guys didn't do too much.
1: Yeah, Iron Jaws got a spell lore.
0: Oh, that's right. And they changed
1: up some of the uh, additional stuff that they get.
0: Well, let's hit it, because I think this is the last big one, right?
1: Yeah, it is. Uh, So they have a new command ability, which is Mighty Destroyers. You get to use it in your hero phase, and if you do so, you pick a friendly Iron Jaws unit, Holy Wind 12 of an Iron Jaws hero or Holy than 18 if it's the general. So this doesn't require a war boss, or a mega boss, I should say, to make this work. So that unit can make a normal move if it's more than 12 from an enemy unit, pile in and attack with its melee weapons if it's within three of any enemy units, or attempt to charge in any other situation, and you cannot pick the same unit to benefit from this command ability more than once per hero phase.
3: That's
0: just great, if you can't charge, move. If you can charge, charge. If you're within three, you're already in combat. Pile in and start killing. That's a good one. Yeah. That's really it good. It is
1: amazing.
0: Oh, goodness. All right. Um, why don't we run through the spell lore, too?
1: Yeah. There's six new ones. Yep. Uh, so the first one up is Brain, Burst, is Brain Busta. Yeah. So it's cast value five. If it goes off, pick one enemy unit within fifteen of the caster invisible and roll two D six. If it's greater than that unit's bravery, they take D three mortal wounds. If not, they just take one.
0: So for a man. five? Yeah, sure. Uh then there's Mighty Ed Butt, which is another five. This one's got two eights as well. Yeah. Uh Mighty Ed Butt's on a five. Enemy hero within sixteen inches invisible, they take a mortal wound. If they're a wizard, they take D three mortals. So, another mortal wound spell. hmm
1: This next one is DeBlazen Eyes. As cast value six, if it goes off, pick a point on the battlefield within 4d6 inches of the caster invisible. Then draw an imaginary straight line between that point and the closest part of the caster's base. And roll a dice for each enemy model passed across by the line. And on a five-up, that unit, that model's unit takes a mortal wound. So, nothing amazing, but...
0: Well, I kind of you know that one's not all you know, yeah. But those first two, because you could pick a hero with the first one, and then you have to pick a hero with the second, the one, second one. but those are two different spells. You take that and uh, arcane bolt, you can fire three mortal wound spells that are going off on fives, like one after another. Mm-hmm. If you have the if you have the people to to throw this to throw them, right. That's that's kind of dangerous, isn't that? I mean, a lot of cheap, quick, mortal wound spells. I could target a character and a couple of good rolls. I could take them out.
1: Yeah, especially with the bonus to cast that uh, weird knobs get if they've got boys nearby. Yep, exactly.
0: Uh, I'm sorry. I'll just jump. I'm, I'm getting off topic here. Let's have, uh, the great big green hand of Gork. The great big green hand of Gork is on a seven. A friendly iron jaw is wholly within 24 invisible, more than three inches from any enemy units. Pick them up and put them anywhere you want, more than nine inches from an enemy unit. That's its move. Cannot move in the following movement phase. So, yeah, it's the old hand of Gork, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it works. And now you can put it anywhere, though. It's not within 66 inches.
1: Yeah. So it's a lot less random. Um, But this also gives Iron Jaw's turn one charge ability.
0: Oh, yeah. I could just pick him up and put him nine inches away.
1: Yeah. And then then you can actually charge in the hero phase with Mighty Destroyers. Yeah. Right, because I'm nine inches away.
0: Holy moly.
1: Yeah, or you could use Mighty Destroyers to move in the hero phase. But actually, you'd be... You wouldn't be more than 12. So depending on the distances and the unit that you're moving, you may not want to get them their full distance to nine away, but instead move them just enough that they can then make a normal move and get even closer.
0: Oh, so I teleport them 12.001 away. Yep. And then their normal move is...
1: Four or eight, I think, for the pigs.
0: Well, but they can't do that. Yeah. yeah oh, because it's a command ability. They can do it. So In then the they hero ju- phase. Oh, and then they jump up, and now on the charge phase, they need a four. Or a two. Or a two.
3: Because
0: oh, oh, so, they get well, no, the charge. Thr- oh, yes. So dumb. So good.
1: All yeah, right. Welcome back to the fold, guys.
0: Yeah. All right. What else we got
1: here? So then we got basham Lads. So it's cast value eight if it goes off until your next tier of phase. You can reroll wound rolls for attacks made by friendly Iron Jaws units while they're wholly within 12 inches of the caster. So that's got some pretty serious potential to lay some extra wallop onto units.
0: Yeah. Holy moly. Mm-hmm. And then the power of the war. The power of the war has a casting value of eight. Roll a die for each friendly unit with a, with two or more models wholly within 18 inches of the caster. For each three up, pick a different enemy unit within 24 inches of the caster. That unit takes D3 mortal wounds. For each six, it takes D6 mortal wounds instead of D3. Oh, so for each three up, you pick them and they take D3 mortal wounds. So like, this is... This is such a bizarro spell. So I roll one for every friendly Iron Jaws unit with two or more miles, only within 18. So I could have four or five or six units. Mm-hmm. For each three I roll, I can pick an en- one different enemy unit. So you can only do it once per unit because it's got to be a different enemy unit. Right. Uh, within 24 inches of the caster, and they take D3 mortal wounds. But if you rolled a 6-4, it takes D6 mortal wounds instead of D3. Um I guess if there's only one enemy unit within 24 inches, even if you rolled a bunch of three pluses,
1: Hmm. see what I'm saying? Yeah.
0: Because if I have to pick one different enemy unit, because that's what that means, right? I can't just put it all on. I can't roll three three pluses and put it all on one unit. I got to pick a different one. Interesting. Is that what it means? Because why would you say a different enemy unit when you didn't pick an enemy unit in the first place?
1: correct. Yeah, I don't know.
0: But if you're flying up in the battle, there's going to be guys around you. Mhm. I'm just picturing this big great green tide with this guy standing in the middle of this little bubble of guys and then all the enemies just are right on the other side of that. Mm-hmm. And for everyone that rolls a 3 plus, that guy next one was taken a bit. Ba- yeah, that makes sense almost narrative-wise. He's running off this big power blast. Boom. These guys get the roll, then you pick a unit within 24 which doesn't have to be, but could be, story-wise, the unit right on the other side of that (laughs) friendly unit, the one they're fighting, that suddenly they get the power, they go blarg, and next thing you know, thump, they're punching the other unit right on the other side of them in the face even harder. I like that. Oh, this makes Iron Jaws so much more interesting.
1: Yeah, it really does. I like them anyway. Oh, so that's... Pretty much
0: the book in a nutshell, is it not?
1: Yeah, they made some changes to the War Scroll Battalions that they put in here for the Bloodtooths and the Iron Sons. Oh, okay. So, but they're, Anything. they're pretty good ones. Um, Dakbad Kicker from the Iron Sons, he counts as having killed D3 uh, enemy heroes at the start of the game before he does anything else. Oh, okay. It's picking up an additional wound and additional attack on whatever weapon he wants.
0: Oh, nice. Very good. And what about the blood tooths?
1: That one, they get to set up a baleful realm gate in addition to other terrain. Uh, so, and that's in their opponent's territory. So again, you have to watch the maps. Um, but as long as there's a realm gate on the table, uh, all the uh, blood get plus two bravery, uh, as long as it's on the table. So it takes their somewhat mediocre bravery and jacks it up quite a bit.
3: Huh.
0: So, and as so- long as there's any realm gates on the battlefield, every mm-hmm. unit from this battalion counts as two units for the purpose of the mighty Wa ability.
1: Yeah. So that is the bubble effect from the mega bosses that gives units additional attacks
0: and they count as double. Interesting.
1: Yeah. Cuz you have to roll under the number of units within range of said general. So if each one counts as 2, you're al- you're almost always going to get it.
0: Nice. That's just about everything.
1: Yeah. And then it goes into the separate pamphlet for the points.
0: Yeah. Do we, is there anything we really want to say about the points? I mean,
1: I mean, they also said that there's additional um, stuff coming for the new books uh, since gloomspite. So we don't have all the information yet. Uh, But then there is some stuff in here. Like I think it's probably just be just like, how did your armies fare?
0: Um yeah, I mean that's all people really care about. I I think I think mine did okay. hmm You know?
1: But then again, anything that know? stuck out to you?
0: Um honestly I was just kind of looking through it. Nagash got more expensive, but then and those and of course the things that everybody was using all the time, they got more expensive. The things that uh what are they from the um from the Night Haunt list that's really good.
1: The grim gas reapers.
0: That's it. Yeah, suddenly those guys got more expensive. Well, no kidding. Uh, graveguard got cheaper, and I love my graveguard. And I own like forty since the max units thirty. I could totally take a big unit of graveguard, mm-hmm. and they become line with Nagash. Although yeah. I don't know if I'm taking Nagash. He's eight fifty now. I mean, it's, it's like the guys got more. The, the guys got more expensive, and the units, with the exception of the those that one, uh, all seem to have gotten a little cheaper. At least that's how it looks like to me.
1: The Dire Wolves got a little more expensive. Oh, that's right. Um, but they're still worth their 70 points. Yeah. Um, the Reapers obviously went up. Um, it just The Reapers are a weird one because it's almost like they have two different war scrolls when they're in a Legion and when they're in Nighthaunt because they're much more effective in a Legion list as compared to Nighthaunt. Yeah. But,
0: they're decent in Nighthaunt. They don't. You yeah, know, they're
1: a good option in Night Haunt. It's just
0: they're just dumb
1: <laughs> in a Legion list. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it's just one of those things that you have to consider all possibilities. Like you have to consider uh, realm spells when you're looking at some of these big characters that took a points bump, like Nagash or the Mortarks, because they're multi casters.
0: Oh right, right. Um, yeah, that's right. So we, we were talking to- about that because if if you start adding in the realms and suddenly I've got six extra spells under my belt. I just get yeah. that much dumber. Mm-hmm. So yeah, did Lady Olinder and and uh, the Craven King go down? I think they did.
1: Yeah, most of the Night Hunt went down, except for the Grim Gas.
0: Yeah. Um. Oh, what was it that went down? Um, some of the endless spells.
1: Yeah, a lot of the endless spells went down. Um, a number of them did go up. Like the sun got cut in half, so the sun is now fifty points.
0: Well, son is cheap.
1: Compared, yeah, compared to the 100 it was. So we'll actually start seeing that on the battlefield. Uh, the cogs went up. The spell portal went up. The geminids went up. Are the
0: cogs that good?
1: Plus two movement on your entire arm, on the entire table. Um, and then plus two to your charge mm, if you run and charge. Yeah, that's like
0: 80 points, that's what I was asking. The only thing that's that expensive on this is the bridge.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing that moves, that we talked about in the Forbidden Power episode. Right. Um, The other thing with the cogs is that the secondary function is you can cast another spell and reroll saves for the wizard manipulating it.
0: Oh, see, that is really good, isn't it?
1: So if you have Nagash with cogs... He's got a three-up rerolling, plus the four-up ignore mortal wounds, plus the six-up ignore wounds.
0: Eh, stupid. Oh man.
1: That's why it went up. Yeah. It just it has potential to be like a negative player experience. So that's what you're looking at here.
0: Why didn't that purple sun being fifty points, dude. That's. You're gonna see more of those, I think.
3: Yeah, yeah. Because that's good. For
0: 50 really points, new. that's pretty good. I like that purple yeah. sun. I just never had 100 points. I, I'm like, forget that. I'll take a comet because I'm always playing Stormcast.
1: Well, it's one of those things. That it's like the sun, it, it doesn't move very fast normally mm-hmm. unless you're in shyish. And it's really potentially destructive and you don't have a lot of control over it. Whereas something like the comet, you have a ton of control over where it goes and what it does. So the sun is really devastating but again it's not dependable. Now it's not as much of an investment into something that's random and not dependable.
0: Yeah. Cool.
1: So is that it?
0: Are we are we done? I kind of want to be done.
1: I think we should probably be done.
0: We should be done. All right. Uh once again I want to thank all of our Patreon patrons, including our executive, our associate producers, Phil Elliott, Dwight Sims, Christopher Sanders, and AJC. AJC. Newest patron, Sean Van Hooser. Thank you all for being part of the one percent that make everything we do here possible. Um so Alex, next episode probably uh probably gonna do uh Black, talent. Black talent. Since Cheerios. that was going to be this. So, look, I, I, they sent us the book, and I'm reading the book, and I'm like, we got to cover this like right when it comes out. Had this not gotten yeah. completely screwed up, we would have released this like the day the book dropped, actually. Um, that's mm-hmm. how excited we were. We got together early and recorded early because we were just like, oh, this is there's just too many cool things in here. There's too many neat things I can try to play now. There's so many different things to try. They just dropped it all in this one book. Honestly, this could keep me occupied for until 2020 book comes out with all the stuff in here. Yeah. Between the various campaigns and different things you could be playing. So I love mm-hmm. it. Love it. All right. I'm going to let you go because I know you got to get up early for work and I just don't. So um <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy! Hey, I'm still getting up at six. I gotta go work out, and then I gotta come home. I got I got housework I'm trying to get done over the summer: painting stuff, cleaning stuff, putting stuff together. You know that kind of thing. So
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Heck it's like the, what I do when I work from home.
0: If the rain ever stops, I'm gonna stain the deck over. It stripped it last year, and it couldn't get it in before the winter. Between all the gloomy, rainy days, I had could not get a dried out deck to stain and have you know 24 hours that it wasn't gonna rain on it again. And I haven't Mm -hmm. had that this month either, so I've got my fingers crossed. But that's neither here nor there. Um, We should go. And you should go. We should. All right, folks. Until uh, next time, only the faithful will be triumphant. Only the faithful will stand when all others fall. And only the faithful, know no despair except in failure.
1: You've been listening to Garage Handler. If you've enjoyed the show, maybe consider leaving us a positive review on iTunes. Or check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash garagehammer if you'd like to reach us you can contact us via our email address garagehammer at live.com you can also find us on twitter david is at garagehammer and alex that's me is at some kind of geek 30 original music by claire seabrook you can find more of her work at soundcloud.com slash claire seabrook music finally if you want to join the garagehammer community as well as the aos community worldwide comment on our episodes in the show thread at the grand alliance forum sets tga.community or check out the garage hammer facebook page and as always thanks for listening